You guys clean up good. <laughs> Thank you. You would know. So anyway, look at, um, so we're going to engage and embark on a journey called Statement of Faith. And to start that, I just want to turn to the scriptures right away. And I'm going to look in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, at the first four verses. So if you have Bibles with you and you'd like to read along with that, then that would be fine. <clears throat> if you have this on your phone, which more people do, except I don't, We're looking at Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Faith can speak across generations. Faith can overcome obstacles and transform the heart and the mind. God is making us into a people with faith that proclaims his goodness and glory to this generation. Let's just pray for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've made a way for us, Lord that you've given us a path to follow, and that you've given us your son, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask now, Lord, that you would come and be our teacher today, that you would open our ears to hear, and that you would open our hearts to receive what you want to plant in there, Lord God, that we might not just hear, but be transformed by faith and by believing in what you say, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it says here, by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Did you know that faith speaks? Did you know that faith has a voice? Faith is not silent. It communicates. Faith proclaims and announces. When we live faith, we are expressing the reality of God's greatness and mercy and love. Faith speaks. That's why the Bible says, it's with your heart you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And it says, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Now you remember the story of Cain and Abel. It's in Genesis. And Cain and Abel were two brothers, and they had a lot in common. They grew up in the same home with the same parents. They were raised by these parents who taught them about the same God. 
And they both came together to seek God and to receive God's blessings. And they both brought offerings, sacrifices to God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 that Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering for fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. They were so much alike. Anyone here who's got a brother knows you're a lot alike. And if you have a brother you know you're very different. And Cain and Abel were very different. And that big difference was this. We read in Genesis, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, many people have thought about what is it that made Abel's offering so much better than Cain's. But the book of Hebrews tells us that there's one reason, and that was faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God and when Abel brought the sacrificial lamb, it was his faith that was speaking to God. And thousands of years later, his faith is still speaking to us because we're talking about it today. Faith speaks. It can't help itself. Some say, well, my faith is very deeply personal and private. I'll just keep it quiet in my heart. But Jesus said, whatever's in your heart needs to come out. What we believe will determine how we think. And what we think will determine what we do. That's the progression. You never do anything unless you think about it or think something, and you can't think anything unless you believe something. So when we have real faith in our hearts, it will come out in our words and in our actions, and it will make a real difference. Well, if faith makes a statement, what are we saying? So Grand Valley Church has a statement of faith. It's a written document. It's part of our church constitution. It says what we believe is a community of people who are following Jesus. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at Grand Valley Church's statement of faith together. Maybe you wonder why we even have a statement of faith or what the different statements are for. It's a big document. There's 13 separate articles, and we only have a limited time to cover them. I don't have time to do apologetics in this series, which hurts me so bad. <laughs> but we don't have time to do apologetics, but what can we do? I hope that through this series we can have a discussion and a conversation and think about the statement of faith and hear what the Lord is saying to us. Our goal is not just to review some dusty document from the church constitution, but to examine our faith, to unite in our faith, and to put what we believe into action so that when we're done, our faith will speak more clearly and more, with more strength. So faith that speaks is based on facts. For some people, faith means a feeling you have. If you're feeling stronger, then that means you have more faith. But believer's faith is much more than a feeling. Faith is based on facts. You can talk about it. You can examine it. It's true, no matter how you feel. For some people, faith is what you put in place to take the place of what, when you don't have facts 
or even worse, maybe in spite of the facts. But that's not Christian faith. Believers' Christian faith isn't the opposite of knowledge, and it's not the opposite of reason. Faith is a response to the evidence we already have. For example, everybody in the world knows that Jesus Christ was a real person. It's a historical fact. It is a fact that Jesus Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, and died, and was buried. It's a historical fact with multiple witnesses that on the third day he rose from the dead. Those are the facts. The evidence is there to be examined. But not everyone has responded to those facts with faith that will save them and change their lives. Faith is a response to the truth. It's a response to things that are real. Some people think that... I'm just going to go somewhere else there, sorry. Abel's faith was based on facts that he knew about God. It's interesting because I think Cain must have known the same things about God, but he acted very differently. But Abel's faith was based on facts about, he knew about God. Somehow, he understood a truth that God had a plan to restore humanity and that that plan involved the death of an innocent lamb. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So when Abel made his own offering, he offered a lamb, responding to this truth with faith that still testifies to us about God's way of salvation. Some people think it doesn't matter what you believe so long as you believe in something. The statement of faith says that what we believe is important. It's not just a matter of opinion or subjective feeling. Faith has content. To put your faith in a mere feeling or something that's not real, no matter how hard you believe it, it might give you a warm feeling, but it cannot do anything for you. What you believe makes a difference. That's why the church document is called a statement of faith rather than suggestions for faith. Oh, good. I got a response. It describes the what of what we believe. In the statement of faith, we're saying these are facts we believe to be true, and we're going to do something about them. This is something that believers have done since the beginning, since the very earliest days of Christianity. They developed statements of things they knew about God. Things, that, facts that were too critical to leave the chance. And they repeated these statements of faith to each other. And some of those very early creeds became part of the New Testament. For example, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, it is written, a written down statement of faith that the church was, was using. So, and Later on, they developed this more in statements like the Apostle Creed, which starts, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Some might say, well, why are we going to bother with all this doctrine? Isn't it enough that I accepted Jesus and love him? Well, that's a good thing. I hope we've all done that. But the reality of a person is based on what we believe. 
What you believe will set your priorities. And it will determine your course. What you don't believe will also set your priorities and determine your course. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The book of Hebrews says, we must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basic things we were taught about Christ. We want to become mature. It's a wonderful thing to accept Jesus and love him every day and experience his love. That's the best thing in the whole world. But we want to become mature and know more and learn and understand what does this all mean for us. We must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basic things we were taught about Christ. That could take your whole life. So that's why we're starting now. So there are, how many, there are two parts to living the Christian life. There's two parts, necessary parts, to being a disciple or a follower of Jesus. There's the part you need to do by yourself. And then there's the part you need to do together with other believers. They're both really important parts. We need the part that we do together with other believers. When we draw together based on what we believe, we become a community. A community that knows God and serves God and shares God together. Faith isn't meant to be an isolated thing that's alone and disconnected. Faith speaks in community. Who we are in community is evidence of what we claim to believe individually. We believe together so that we can walk together and work together. The statement of faith is the basis for fellowship from one generation to another. The statement of faith is the foundation of our unity. As Ephesians says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. The statement of faith protects us. It provides sound doctrine that establishes boundaries to keep us from running off in strange directions. The Bible tends to tell us to defend the faith that God has once for all given to his people so that we won't be led astray by those who would twist God's words. And that we won't be distracted by all sorts of fads and fashions and um, those instantaneous temporary things from our culture. The statement of faith connects us to our past and it connects us to our future. We don't have a future without the things that we believe that are in our statement of faith. If we forget the statement of faith, these essentials, these foundations, we will lose our way and we will lose ourselves. The statement of faith defines our identity. It defines who we, who we are as Grand Valley Church. It specifies what we stand on and where we're going. It shows how we as a group are distinctive. But distinctive does not mean divided. We have a statement of faith that links us in unity with believers all over the world, with believers throughout church history and the historical creeds and God's people of faith right back to Abel. But this doesn't mean that we, the statement of faith is to divide us from other believers. We want to have fellowship with different churches. 
We want to relate to people, no matter what denomination they're from. We want to work together with ministries throughout the body of Christ and share. We are not always going to agree on everything, but we can agree to walk in unity and support each other in fulfilling the mission of Jesus. The statement of faith connects us to a local church. That's why we ask members of Grand Valley Church to come into agreement with the statement. Faith says, I'm committed to this part of Christ's body. I'm part of this group of real people who are sharing faith and fellowship and learning to serve one another. Faith speaks through action. Faith speaks about what we say and do and aligns with what we say we believe. Yet our actions show what we really believe. There's reality in faith and it has a power that needs to be expressed in our lives in a way that makes a difference and that people can see. And if we haven't reached it yet, it's our desire and we're working on it with God's help. As we look at the statement of faith over the next few weeks, let's make it an opportunity to examine our own faith. What's your statement of faith? What is it saying to people about God and your relationship to him? What is it saying to people about who you are at school or who you are in your job, in your workplace, or in your family? Let's make this an opportunity to know what we really believe, standing firm on the foundation of truth. Let's draw together, connecting as a community in faith, walking and working together. Let's get our thoughts and our actions in line with faith we claim to believe. And by faith, be transformed more and more into the people that God wants us to be. When Abel came to God, he brought an offering from his flock. But coming to God in faith, he was also offering himself, putting himself in God's hands, trusting God to control his destiny. And that's the kind of faith we can all imitate. We can all come to a place where we put ourselves on that altar and say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Take control of my destiny. Take control of what I believe. Teach me your ways. Help me to live for you. That is the imitation of the faith that Abel had. And this is not just repeating various doctrines. Pastor Ralph was quoting the Lord's Days from the Heidelberg Confession to me this morning. And he did it very well. And I know that he does more than quote it. It's not just repeating or subscribing to various doctrines, but it's responding with faith, giving our minds and our thoughts and our whole selves to God and to Jesus Christ as Lord. We live in a world where the foundations are shaken. We live in a world where it seems like the things that we put our trust in aren't as stable anymore and that they may be slipping out from under our feet. We live in a world where faith and hope are stretched very thin, almost to the breaking point, even in God's house. 
And as we examine the statement of faith, we're faced with a prophetic season and a prophetic moment where God is inviting us to take a fresh look at those big old foundation stones and to start polishing them up and getting them in place because the Lord wants to build something on those. And as we polish up those foundation stones, the Lord says, you will be called the repairer of the breach, the rebuilder of the walls, the establishment of places where people can come and gather and live and find a home in God. So this is our prophetic season that we're in. Pastor Andrew kicked that off last week. He started talking about remembering our values and clarifying our vision. And God is equipping us for action to make us into a people of faith. We live in a world where faith and hope are stretched thin, where the foundations seem shaky, and this world needs to hear the message that faith brings. It needs to hear that certain word. That's, and we're going to look at those things. That word that says God has spoken through the Bible. That word that says God is almighty. We have a Father in heaven. That word that says Jesus Christ is, has come, and he is now King of kings and Lord of lords, so that at his name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord of the Lord God and the Father. We need this foundation that we're going to examine about the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he's doing in our lives. We need to build on this foundation that says we are a family and that we are brought together and we share together in communion and in fellowship. We need to build on this foundation that says that we believe in purity in terms of how we live our lives, in a way that maybe doesn't fit the culture, but it's right in line with the lordship of, our, of Jesus Christ. We need to come and examine this foundation that says Christ is coming back and that he will judge and he will restore and we will be his forever. And as the Bible says, knowing these things to be true, what kind of people should we be? So we want to polish these foundation stones. We want to clear off the old stuff, we want to put them together. And that's why we're looking at the statement of faith. Because God will build on that. And the world needs it. Abel's faith spoke to his generation. And it became a legacy that still speaks to us today. God in this prophetic season is encouraging our faith. Strengthening our values. Clarifying our vision. And he's equipping us for action to make us into a people with faith that speaks to this generation and the next generation and the generation after that. Let our faith make a statement and a demonstration that brings life, forgiveness, and healing to many. Amen. Amen.